I want to take you through um, something about the new covenant. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, he instituted a new covenant. I want to go back and help you what covenant means. I don't want to get into it in a teaching fashion, but I certainly want to tell you the intention of God through the covenant. Does everyone know what the covenant, when I say covenant, means? Covenant means a very deliberate relationship between him and a group, a people, a nation. And in that, they are blessed. If they obey God, if they obey that covenant, that's why giving is so important right there. But David Livingston, they say, the African uh, missionary, he made 50 covenants with the, uh, the African tribes people. He made 50 covenants, literally shedding his blood, really, you know, making blood, you know. Why? Because for protection. And no matter where he went, all through Africa, he was protected. No, not one tribe could touch him. He says, oh, you're with that. You, you made a covenant with that tribe? You're good with us. Oh, how? Is that right? How? And they show the, oh, they show the scars on the hand. I didn't know that. that that's the Indian version, is it, Joe? Yeah. How? Say how. How? One Corinthians eleven twenty four. Thank you. Let's let's talk about the benefits of this great price of Jesus. I'm not going to be long. I, I just want to get something through to you, which is very dear to my heart, which is about the intimacy of God. Is that cool? It's about the intimacy of God. It's about what this, what what Jesus did for us was secure such intimacy with God. I am having such. A beautiful time with God at the moment. I'm telling you, I, I don't know what I'm running on, but uh, something's happened in my life. My, my, firstly, my prayer language. I'm speaking in tongues like I've never. Uh, do you know things can go dead on you? Like I, I walked down the tennis court. I literally thought I could still play tennis, and I went to hit the ball, and it was like, I hope no one saw that. <laughs> then I did it again. I said, No, that was just something happened. That, you know, you look at your racket and you go, there's a hole. And, and you hit, and, and nothing. And you know you can lose stuff if you don't use it. I hadn't played tennis for three years. And I learned how to serve again, learn how to play. And I'd lost my prayer language. I hadn't been praying in tongues. And, and, and I'd lost it, but I've got it back. And it's helped me live in the presence of God. And I'm practicing the presence of God. Say, practice the presence of God. You can do that. that. That's what happened 2,000 years ago. His presence was released. Let's look at this scripture. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, and we had communion Friday night, praise God. This is my body, which was for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant. Say new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you do this, whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The concept of covenant is central to the revelation of the scriptures. I'll say that again. The concept of covenant, meaning this very re intentional relationship that God wants to have with us, His church, but you individually is so profound, is so amazing, but it, it is absolutely what the whole Bible is about.
And we need to understand that. Our Bible, as you know, is divided into the Old and the New Testament. Amen? The Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Amen? And so let's try and unlock this. Uh, let's try and unlock the significance of the covenant and understand the nature of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's try and do that. Now, I'm going to crunch some stuff here. The covenant is deep. It's, I, I can't entirely go into it, but I can give you a glimpse of from the beginning and until now what the nature of that covenant meant to us people. Let's have a look at it. Let's go to the, to the motivator from God, the, the motivation of God for the covenant. Let's have a look at it. And it is this. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. It's not about just coming to church. Oh, I go to C3 Tugra. Oh, yeah, and it looks like this, and, 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 and they've got a cafe, and we sing some... No, I go to C3 Tugra. And, and, and God's there. He's called me there. And I feel His presence there. He's called me to cultivate His presence there. And so I pray there. I, I, I pray for that church. I give to that church to sustain it, to see it do wonderful things. I'm called to that church because of this relationship I have with Jesus. Not so much Pastor Phil... Although Pastor Phil is a wonderful guy and can play tennis somewhat on a good day. But I cannot, I wouldn't recommend hanging your faith off my life. Although I try and live a life that exemplifies Jesus. But please, don't hang your significance, your self-worth, your Christian walk off Pastor Phil. Because there's not enough of me to go around. I'm doing my darndest trying to just get to my daughters at the moment. I'm just trying to give them my best efforts and best time. And, and if I can measure out some of that to you, but if I can create an environment by my leadership, by my God-ordained commission of God to stand in front of this church and say that we are a church and that by what I recognize in God and what I believe in my heart, that which should be a church, that should constitute a church, guess what happens? Grace fills the life of the church. All of a sudden, we're in the presence collectively. All of a sudden, we know that something far bigger than Pastor Phil makes this church work that makes this house rock. It's not because, as Neil said this morning, great shirt, love it. It's not because of that. It's because of the atmosphere of God and His divine relationship of Jesus to us. And if I can duplicate that in you, you will give that away and you will create that same environment and atmosphere and relationship wherever you go. Let's have a look at this. Let's go back to the first covenant. And um, covenant is about a desire of God. PowerPoint, God bless you. Let's just run through this. Covenant is about a desire of God to have a relationship of personal intimacy with man. Is that right? 
You can see it in the scriptures. Number one, I will be your God in Genesis 17, 7. I haven't got time to go to those scriptures, but you can jot them down on your notebook. Two, you will be my people. C3 Tugra, you will be my people. Can you hear God saying that? Or can you, the first one, I will be your God. Can you actually feel that in your spirit? I will be your God. I will surround you with favor as a shield. Oh, do you know how that, how that feels? That is intensive stuff. Three, I will dwell in the midst of you. Exodus 29. These are some of the statements that were made according to some of the earlier covenant. Leviticus 26, 12. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. Oh, I love that. Of course, we saw the covenant. You see the covenant in marriage. Covenant and then the covenant in Jonathan David. Outstanding arrangement between two people that, that if it works and if it is cultivated is a powerful thing. Do you know what I'm saying? It can work. It can work in your Christian life. Let's look at this. The covenant in Eden, number one. From first to last, you can see in every one of these covenants that relationship lies at the heart. That relationship lies at the heart of each covenant. Number one, the covenant in Eden. God puts Adam in the garden and talks, instructs, leads, guides Adam until Adam breaks covenant. Who would like that sort of arrangement? Who would like to live, walk, talk with God? And who, who, who wants that? Go, no, that's too much for me. I don't want that. I don't want that much of God. Come on. I just like to go to C3 Tugger on Sundays and just, just pay homage and, uh, and pay penance. And, uh, and that's enough for me because, look, my life, you know, I'm not real proud of it. I'm not real happy about it. But anyway, it's the best we've got. And, 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 but when I go to church, yes, I can, I can feel him and it's great. No, in the Garden of Eden, man, they were walking in the presence. And he would speak to them. He would speak to those precious people, Adam and Eve. Who would like that? We can actually have that right now. Two, the covenant with Noah, Genesis 6, 18. But I will establish my covenant with you. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So it's about relationship again. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. You, here we go. It's about relationship. See that? Three, covenant with Abraham. Now this is a very special one. This one is huge. James 2.23 says, Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You're God's friend. This is an individual, just like Abraham, just like Moses, this is individual to you. This is like not the nation of Israel, and I'm going to bless this nation, and anyone in, in, these, in this nation is going to be blessed. This is like, if you're like Abraham, if you're like Noah, if you're like Moses, and you are, because you're saved, covenant with Abraham. Did I say that one? Four, the covenant with Israel, Moses. Exodus 33, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. It's talking about relationship, guys, again. It's not talking about religion. and uh, It's really talking about this dynamic of intimacy in God. Five, the covenant with David. And it's up there with that, 
Abrahamic covenant and is exceedingly significant only by the new covenant. 1 Samuel 13, 14 says, a man after his own heart. God perfected a covenant through David because David had a, a heart after God. And again, the key was intimacy. You getting that? Then if you look at Psalm, you can see a promise of a messianic reign of this covenant that God had made through David. The nation of Israel finally rebelled and it all collapsed because they weren't obedient, they didn't repent, and the nation of Israel caved in. But God says in his word through this psalm, I don't know if I've got it up there, he will call out to me, you are my father, my God, my rock, my savior, and I will also appoint him my firstborn, that's Jesus, the most exalted of kings of the earth, the most exalted of the kings of the earth, that's Jesus, and I will maintain my love to him forever, and my covenant with him will never fail. So although the covenants previously had failed, there was coming a covenant through the prophets said, through the lineage of David, would bring a new covenant that cannot fail. Guys, we're in the most amazing promise of God that says His covenant will not fail towards us. And if we are obedient and if we walk circumspectly towards God in His presence, I'm telling you what, anything's possible. Miracles, provision, healings, restoration, your ministry, your high calling, you're going to see things. We're going to see things in our lifetime, I believe, through the covenant that will not fail. We're going to see things in Australia that we will be amazed at. We might even see stadiums filled. Stadiums filled of people worshipping God. Hospitals emptied. Because the covenant will not fail. Covenant failed through David and that was the most wonderful season of prosperity. They say David's kingdom and Solomon was the most profound season of God's rule and reign on planet earth. But it eventually crumbled. But through Jesus and what today represents the risen Lord is about a covenant that will not fail. Man cannot let us down anymore. It's about God prevailing. Don't you love that? So finally, the new covenant. The new covenant foretold by the prophets and accomplished through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Man's lost relationship with God is at last restored. Now we, Jew, Gentile, whoever, we are in covenant with God. 1 Peter 2.9 2, which is a powerful scripture, but you are a chosen people. Get this, receive it right now. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. You're belonging to God. A holy nation that you may declare the praises of Him. And man, didn't we declare the praises of God? You guys went off. Michelle, your face, your smile. We need to bottle that and market it. If someone's got a frown, they need to buy the bottle of Michelle. Uh, amazing liquor, elixir, elixir of, you know, man, she's, and, and the rest of you guys, and, and Katie, you, that, that sound in your voice, don't underestimate the sound in your voice, don't think it's by natural, don't think 
It's like Australian or American Idol, that you have to have all the... No, it's just in you. Christ is in you. And it flows through, your, it flows through the tone of your voice. That's why... In a, listen, guys. That's why Australian Idol and American Idol, that's why you can have someone sing so outstandingly, but it doesn't even move you. Then you get a guy like Bob Dylan who can't even sing, and you go, oh, wow. Or... That's not a great example, is it? <laughs> it's not about. It's not about. It's about the Spirit in you. It's about Christ in you. Each and every one of you, just like Abraham, Moses, David, became God's intimate friend through the new covenant. Do you understand that? It's just like Abraham. It's just like Noah. You've got the same possibility to have that sweet presence, sweet relationship with Jesus. You've got to make some adjustments. You've got to make some adjustments. And you don't have to wuss out and become, you know, a wimp, insipid Christian. But you can live in the presence of God. When that curtain was ripped from top to bottom and released, Jesus was crucified. You know the story. It went dark and the grave, the graves broke open with the holy men of old came out. But when that temple, one foot thick, is that right, Daniel? They tell me one foot thick. Ever try tearing a curtain, a fabric, one foot thick? thick. I don't even think the, 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 the big wrestlers could do that. Hogan, whatever, yeah. They're fake, as Julie said, okay. I don't even think Russell Crowe as the gladiator could do that. I mean, I'm just thinking. I don't even think Superman could do that. I'm not sure. I mean, but God deliberately, intentionally tore it from the top to the bottom and released the presence of God. You need to subscribe to that. You don't need to do religion. You don't need to do dry, boring religion. Oh, I've got to go to church again. Yeah, that's what I do now. I got saved and got trapped into this cycle of every Sunday I've got to go to church. Stand there and listen to this guy and got to give an offering. No. You got saved to come confidently and boldly into the presence of God and feel the the Father's smile upon you. Do you know what it means when your father says, well done? I mean, my dad, God bless him, he didn't say that a lot about my soccer when I used to play because he was his soccer guru and his standards were up there. And I thought I'd played a good game, I'd score a goal, and I'd come off. He said, yeah, but you should have passed it then. He said, yeah, okay, yeah, but did you say, yeah, that was, uh, that was a foregone conclusion. You know, anyone could have scored that. Yeah, okay, great, all right. Sure. But you know, when you get saved, God the Father, he can, he can affirm you and bless you with such divine encouragement. You know the old people and the young people need that? John fifteen fourteen says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Each and every one of you, God's calling you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Powerful. 
And then I thought about the Passover, and I shared a little bit about that last year. The Passover is about, I guess, um, you know, celebrating the Israelites' release from Egypt. And, and of course, you know, they made an offering of a lamb, and um, then they smeared the blood upon the doorposts, and the angel of death, angel of the Lord came by, and he, he, he's, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, uh, smite the firstborn of the houses that had the blood that's representing our life. That's representing, I better hurry on, they're going to be out here in the middle. I know they are. <laughs> they've, got, they've got something planned. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then, of course, they were, and then of Christ, in the final, the, the night before the crucifixion, he says, we're going to have Passover. We, we're, going to do, we're going to do this. But this, this time, this bread is my body, which will be broken for you. This, is, this wine is my blood that will be shed for the remission of sins for you. Take this in remembrance of me. Take this in remembrance of me. But let's have a look back at the promises of God that happened to the people of Israel when they were released from Israel, when they were released from Egypt, I should say, and God's covenant was to the people of Israel and He says these things and these are some things that we can actually still believe in right now. Miracle one. You got that? Angelic intervention in your life. Exodus 23.20 which really talks about not the angel of death but the angel of the Holy Spirit. And God says, I'm making a covenant with you people. I'm going to send the angel the angel of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And if you obey Him, He's going to look after you. He's going to be with you. Two, supernatural guidance. Same thing. Isaiah 63 verse 9 talks about it. Malachi 3.1 talks about it. I'd love to read those scriptures. They're powerful. It talks about the same messenger, the same Holy Spirit. Three, destruction of your adversaries. These are the old, this is the old covenant, the old promises. How much better is the new promises? How much more dramatic are the new promises? Three, destruction of your adversaries. Are the scriptures up there? Yeah, I'll let you jot those down. Four, miraculous financial breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. God says, you follow my plan, my covenant for you, my plan for you, my covenant for you, my intention for you, my personal heart for you is financial blessing. Understand that. Miraculous financial breakthrough. Five, divine healing health. My intention, my heart, my nature is for you to be healed, not to be sick, not to be downcast, not to be ailing, not to be sore in your feet like I was this morning. Thank you, Austin. Oh, why am I... That's right. That crazy kid, he ran me all over. Oh, oh heal, me. heal me now, Lord. Six, increased territory. He wants your life to be increased. He wants more of your destiny. Who wants more of their destiny? Who wants this? Who wants more destiny? Who wants another house? Who's got one now and wants another one? Who just needs a house? Put up your hand. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Who wants more of their calling? Who wants more of the presence of God? More territory, right there. 
right there. Seven, possession of your promised land. Same thing. When those people were saved, the Israelites were saved out of Egypt. They were on a journey. And God's saying to them through the covenant, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to, I'm going to remove those adversaries. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to guide you and lead you. The angel of the Lord's going to do that. Don't grieve him, but because he can't forgive you. Wow. Possession of your promised land. Who wants that? Possession of your promised land. Eight, enemies driven out of your life. Who wants some enemies driven out of your life? Who's got some addiction, some stinking thinking? Who wants some stuff driven out of there? Little by little. The Bible says, actually, when you read it, it says little by little. It ain't going to happen instantaneously when the preacher lays hands on you, but little by little as you walk out your life in God, in the presence, guess what? Stuff starts to fall off and dissipate and you become radiant, you become transformed and you become this radiant, transformed, glorified son or woman of God. doesn't happen overnight, but the more you walk in the promises of God, the more you walk in the presence of God, the more you walk with the guidance of God, the more you become beautified and radiant in God. Who wants that? And of course, nine, a return of what Satan has stolen from you. Who wants that? And, and the miracle 10, debt cancellation. 2 Kings chapter 4. God is about and, and is interested in your personal life. God is about and interested in your personal life. Through this new covenant, Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. If he'd done that stuff yesterday when God's people were released from Egypt into their promised land, it's the same today. If you've been released from captivity and from darkness and you've been released into the light, he also wants to guide you and lead you and rid you of your adversaries. He wants you to possess your land. He wants to increase your borders. He wants to bit by bit by bit. He wants to take back what belongs to you that was stolen from you your innocence your calling your life in God your big life say big life your ultimate life he wants to take that back that's in the Old Testament my God and then the Bible says this Hebrews 7.22 because of this oath Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant Hebrews 8, 6, but the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is a mediator, is superior to the old one, and it is founded on better promises. Say better promises. I don't think I need to say any more. Through the blood of Jesus, you've been set free. Through the blood of Jesus, you've been forgiven. Through the blood of Jesus, you'll be given a new life. Satan has been overcome. Let's all stand. God bless you. The devil's bound. Christ is alive. Jesus, right now, we thank you for the new covenant that was perfected through you, your blood that was shed once and for all. You know why it's called Good Friday? Because once and for all, no more sacrifices. No more sacrifices. That's why it's Good Friday. No more sacrifices. No finding a lamb without spot, wrinkle, without blemish. Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? Got to find the lamb. Bring the lamb back. Bring the lamb back. 
here's the offering of the lamb, Lord. Where's the blood? Take the blood out. Take the blood out. Philippians 3, 7 says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Who can say amen to that? And be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is by faith. I want to know Christ. Verse 10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sharing in His suffering. I can, I can uh, sympathize with that. Becoming like Him in His death, meaning dying to your agenda, dying to your own will, dying to yourself, and standing up in the will of God, standing up in obedience to God and saying, God, I'm a vessel for you. God, I'm a vessel for you in the, in, the, in the days in which I live on this planet. I'm a vessel for you to shine forth your glory, Lord. I'm your friend, Lord. You've shared with me your intentions through the Word, through the Spirit. Lord, you want to save this planet. You want to restore your peoples to that lost relationship. Jesus, I stand in the house this morning and I say, God, thank you for the privilege that you have come to live in my heart. That by your spirit, you live in me. Lord, I'm saved from sin, from sickness, from the devil, from poverty, from the curse of the law. I'm even set free from myself. I'm set free from the world. And that, my friend, is good news that, my friend, is good news. Hebrews 4.14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach Come on, guys. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus died for our sins, thereby enabling you to live a new life. Let's just stand with our hands held high and say, God, help me to live a new life in your presence. word of God tells us about the Son of God by His power that was unleashed to this planet that we can live in the Spirit that we can live even through our weakness He is strong that His goodness and mercy follow us for the rest of our days that His countenance towards us is a great big smile. So Lord, right now I pray, let people feel that and receive that.